What's up, you guys? Sauce Lab Podcast is back. I'm sorry that this is on a new day. Let me preface this. I'm so sorry that I'm a little bit late. This week has been super stressful with midterms. I had one on Monday, one on Tuesday. And as you guys know, Monday's my recording day, Tuesday's my post day. So, and, But I really wanted to obviously do really well on those tests. So I was not able to create an episode, but now it's Wednesday. We still have the whole week behind us. I think I'm going to try to get this out by tonight and just go to work from there. So I think that we're going to hop right in with the weekly roundup. I don't know about you guys, but I thought this week of the NFL was fantastic. There were so many great matchups. One thing particularly that I really liked was I think that the rookies came to play, a couple in particular, but I'm going to get into that later. But I'm going to start right off with the best game of the week. And I think that the best game of the week is actually going to lead right into the offensive player of the week because I've got a tie for that and they all come from the best game of the week. Best game of the week, in my opinion, a game that I was so excited for leading up into it, is the Bengals versus the Ravens where the Bengals actually came out on top. First time that I can remember. I remember last season, Lamar Jackson was owning the Bengals, putting up, I think it was like 70 to 6 total points if you combine both of their games. And now the Bengals come out and the new revamped Bengals with Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, are two offensive players of the week. I'm going to talk about them a little bit later, but they came out and they shined. Ultimately, I've got to give so much props to everyone on the Bengals. The offensive line, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, the play caller, the defense with DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, all these guys getting really, really, really solid pressure. Logan Wilson, linebacker on the inside, has been far exceeding expectations. And then a secondary that I thought would be pretty abysmal actually is doing their job very, very well getting it done week in and week out. And I think that because of that, I need to put the Bengals much higher in my idea of where I put the uh, teams. I think that I'm going to knock them up a tier in my playoff list of playoff hopefuls into Super Bowl hopefuls. I think that they have a chance. They have that firepower. They have the youth at quarterback. Joe Burrow is a certified killer. Uh, I'll actually get into his stats. 416 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. The interception was... Blech, but other than that, he looked like a certified killer. CJ Uzoma looks like a fantastic red zone target, a consistent touchdown guy. What what I had said earlier in the year is the tight ends that you want on your fantasy team that aren't such big names are the ones who just have a fantastic receiving core and a quarterback that knows how to get the ball to them because once teams start to triple up on the receivers, the tight end's going to be open, and C.J. Uzoma is a perfect example of this. The trio of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd is obviously causing defenses to like focus primarily on that, and the that allows Joe Mixon to go off, and that allows C.J. Uzoma to go off, and all of that just overall fantastic job by the Bengals. They are really looking like one of these teams that's going to be hard to compete with, not only now, but for years and years to come. And the other Offensive Player of the Week that I have just got to say, Rookie of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week, Everything of the Week, Receiver of the Week, in my opinion, even though Cooper Cup might have had a little bit better of a week, Jamar Chase looked like a certified baller. He looked like he's been in the league for years, eight receptions, 200 yards, and one touchdown. The dude lit up the box score, and what it really just felt like is he he was going up against Marlon Humphrey, a guy that I think consensus around the NFL is a top 10 cornerback, both in coverage and at tackling and punching the ball out and things like that. He torched him. He made him look silly, and ultimately, it just gave me the... Uh, 
whereabouts to say that this dude, I think, is currently a top seven to eight receiver in the NFL for the rest of the season going forward. There are just some guys above him that have consistency with their quarterbacks, have consistency in their systems. Jamar Chase is obviously very new because he's just a rookie, but he is looking stellar, looking spectacular. Joe Burrow's uncorking the long ball to him, which is something that we didn't see out of him much last year. So I'm so glad that Burrow is incorporating that into his game. Just overall, the, the Bengals are looking fantastic. They're also, I'll say it later, they're the team that I'm starting to buy. I love them going forward. Love them now. Defense is extremely underrated, and yeah. Defensive player of the week, I've got to go to Devondre Campbell, a guy that was like a last-minute pickup at linebacker for in a unit that many people thought would be the weakness of the Packers, would have been their linebacking core, yet uh, Devondre Campbell has been fantastic in that slot. He had 13 tackles, two forced fumbles, and was just all around, both in the run game and in the pass game. Was looking very, very solid as, I guess, the starting middle linebacker of the Green Bay Packers. They got a very handed win. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's on a tear, and Devondre Campbell's helping out that defense a lot, especially while Jair Alexander is out. Next, I've got the fantasy player of the week. This one was very hard because a lot of the guys that did well this week were players that are already consensus pretty good in fantasy. Two guys particularly that I want to look at. One is definitely the one and two is definitely a little bit lower because of another reason which I'll get to but the breakout fantasy player was definitely DeErnest Johnson who came in in the absence of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for the Cleveland Browns and got it done in the rushing game. It really just attests to how fantastic that offensive line is, how great the Kevin Stefanski run system is. He came in 146 rushing yards and one touchdown, as well as two receptions for 22 yards. A stellar fantasy day. A guy that you definitely want to stash on your roster just in case something similar to this happens again. He's definitely startable, but as soon as they come back, Chubb is going to be putting up those exact same numbers. Hunt is going to be putting up those exact same numbers. The Cleveland Browns rushing system altogether is fantastic. And the secondary guy, which I just want to give... I want to commend him for doing this, is Tua, who had four touchdowns and an abundance of yards, yet he looks like he likely will lose his job to Deshaun Watson in a trade. It seems like now the Panthers are out of the running after this morning, so it looks like Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins is going to be a move that's going to happen. I'll actually speak about that a little bit later, but Tua put up four touchdowns in a loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Just want to give props to that because he deserves it. A team that I'm starting to buy, like I already said, is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're looking fantastic. A team that I'm starting to sell is a team that I was so high on going into the year, and it took a lot of courage for me to actually say, yes, I'm selling them. I'm actually done with this team. But it is the Carolina Panthers. And I just have to say, I was wrong about Sam Darnold. I really thought that a change of scenery would really help him. I know that he obviously does not have Christian McCaffrey, and the offense is not at the full firepower that it could be. But over the last four games, he has been a top five worst quarterback in the NFL, has been losing games that they should have handedly won, and especially last week, coming off of a huge L against the Giants, which is just disgusting. Huge. It wasn't even like they put up a, a big fight. Uh, Sam Darnold, not only does he not look like the guy, but I think that David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, wants that new quarterback so badly that just by seeing him up to now, I mean, he was obviously benched for P.J. Walker in that game, if you guys had seen, 
I think that he's already moved off Sam Darnold. No matter what happens for the rest of the season, he's seen what the lows look like, and I think that he'd rather have a quarterback who has consistency and doesn't have those types of lows and highs and lows and highs, more of a consistent guy. I think, obviously, he'd want a ceiling raiser like Deshaun Watson, uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, if they're all available next offseason, but... As for what he's seen out of Sam Darnold in this four-game stretch, I think that the Carolina Panthers will move off of him or make him the backup or something like that. But right now, I'm just not confident in them without Christian McCaffrey. I think once Christian McCaffrey comes back, the offense will click a little bit more, and I definitely still think that the defense is top seven, top eight. But if Darnold keeps having these lows and their coach keeps being inconsistent about who's the starting quarterback and things like that, there is no way that they're going to make a playoff push. If if that continues, I think that if they get their shit back on track, then they'll definitely be back in that conversation for sure. Not that they have any spot locked whatsoever, especially as the Saints are now probably looking like a better team than the Carolina Panthers. Literally two, three weeks ago, I was saying Panthers are almost a lock to make the playoffs. And now it just shows how little amount of time can change so, so much in the landscape of the NFL with how many games they are and things like that. Carolina Panthers, I really just cannot trust them to be a playoff lock anymore, so they are definitely a team that I'm trying to sell. Biggest injury of the week has to go to Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles, a guy that they already weren't running a lot, but I think that with this, the emergence of Kenneth Gainwell will officially start. He's already shown many, many flashes, both in the receiving game and in the rushing game for the Philadelphia Eagles in the season thus far, and I think that he could be a fantasy star if, during this time when Sanders is out, the running backs are so replaceable. Sanders needs to get paid in the next, I think it's one to two years, and if Gainwell looks like that guy who they just drafted and he has just as much burst why pay Miles Sanders and I could see a way that he's out of the building uh, as soon as his contract expires and Kenneth Gainwell is now the running back of the future I think that that probably already is the case but Miles Sanders injury is really going to open up doors for Gainwell to show his skills and go crazy so I think that's definitely a must add for fantasy in this coming week a random new hot take that I'd like to say this one is about the rookies like I was saying before I think that at the end of the season This is hot. This is spicy hot. At the end of the season, in a consensus, who is the top 10 players at every offensive position? There will be a rookie in each. I think for quarterbacks, I hate to say it as a Jets fan, but I think Mac Jones, his ability to dink and dunk in that Bill Belichick system, as long as Bill Belichick stays, Mac Jones should stay as one of the most consistent quarterbacks of the NFL who also has a ceiling that is yet to hit. So if you're counting the age and the youth and what you would want on your roster, I think Mac Jones is definitely a guy that could end up finishing top 10 in the NFL, especially if the Patriots make the playoffs. Uh, For running back, it would obviously be Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy that's already looking like a top 10 running back option. So incredible, especially if they get a new quarterback who can really just open up the offense, both vertically and horizontally. That'll help Najee so much both in the running game and in the receiving game. Love him, and I think that he's already a lock for top 10 at the position next year. Another lock for top 10 at the position, I've already said it, is Jamar Chase for wide receiver. He looks like he's top 7, top 8 right now, and I think that with his youth and what he's able to do, his versatility, his catching skills, his current catching skills, not his preseason or offseason catching skills, obviously, but Jamar Chase, I think, is a lock to be a top 10 wide receiver going forward. I think that he will be a very high pick in fantasy next year. 
Uh, for tight ends, you guys know a guy that, again, is already top five. I mean, I know that tight ends are scarce of their position, but Kyle Pitts, over the last two games that he's played, I mean, I know that they had a bye, but that Jets game and then this game against the Dolphins, two games in a row where Kyle Pitts looked stellar, looked like probably the best tight end in the NFL. I got to give him credit, and I think that already he's looking like a top five guy. By next year, he could be looking like a top three guy. Uh, for tackle, I think Rashawn Slater of the LA Chargers is looking really good at the tackle position. He's doing a fantastic job of guarding for Justin Herbert, and with his youth and age, I really think that he is he has so much room to grow, especially if they do make the playoffs, and he has a Tristan Wirfs-type playoffs run, then he could definitely solidify himself as top eight, top seven at that position. Uh, for guard, I could say either Trey Smith or Elijah Vera Tucker. Obviously, I think Elijah Vera Tucker is a lot. I mean, both teams actually are not that good. Trey Smith are for the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been underperforming thus far, and the Jets, who have been horrific thus far, but both are doing very good in PFF at their block ratings. And I'd like to think that with how old the average guard is in the NFL, these guys will be put into the conversation of top 10 guards in the NFL very, very soon. I think that that could happen as soon as this offseason. And then for center, a guy that's already solidifying himself as a top five center is Creed Humphrey, also of the Kansas City Chiefs, doing a great job blocking for Patrick Mahomes. He is definitely not the problem. I think it's Patrick Mahomes' willy-nilliness that really makes him need to calm it down and make the team get more wins, not Creed Humphrey's center skills. But Creed Humphrey, definitely a top 10 center. So at every single position, I think that there will be a top 10 player that is a rookie this season. Now I'm going to go over my top five storylines to take away from the week. Number one, I've got that the Browns injury purgatory might actually be the catalyst that ends up making them not make the playoffs. Sadly, even though they did just get that handed win over the Denver Broncos this past week, I think that with Baker Mayfield out, with both of their running backs going in and out and in and out, Odell Beckham Jr., David Njoku, uh, their tackles, J.C. Treader, uh, Jadavian Clowney, so many guys like that uh, that are on their roster that they were really counting on having a big impactful role this season. And if they're not there to play it, then they are really going to be missing some very vital pieces, especially come playoff time. So I think that that could be the thing that ends up leading them to get the 6-7 seed or even maybe miss the playoffs altogether, especially with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens looking as good as they have been over the past couple weeks. And the Browns kind of like dwindling. I know that they obviously still got their win, and it's hard to say that their team isn't going to look so good after coming off of a win, but with these injuries, if they continue to linger, that could really be the death of them. So I'm nervous for the Cleveland Browns for sure. Uh, number two, the Titans have looked great. I do not get me wrong. They are the second team in the AFC currently. They have been looking great, but they're only at five and two, and I think that they really need to watch their backs. Their next three games are against Indianapolis, the Rams, and the Saints, who are three teams that have fantastic run defense and look like they know how to at least lock up the, uh, the Titans for the time being. The biggest knock on the Titans, of course, like I've been saying throughout the entire season, is their defense. And Indianapolis, Carson Wentz has looked very efficient so far, getting now, I think, his third win in a row. Their offense has been clicking. I think Michael Pittman's looking better for the rest of the season as well. The Rams are unstoppable, as you guys know. They're so, so, so good. Definitely a certified top five team in the NFL as we speak, with Matthew Stafford looking like an MVP candidate. That's going to be a very hard game for them. And then the Saints, I think that's a pretty bad matchup. 
having the guys in the box like Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, things like that to stop Derrick Henry, and the Marshawn Lattimore going 1v1 with A.J. Brown is not a recipe for success, especially with Julio Jones having his new injury. I'm just nervous for them, and I could definitely see that after the next three weeks, they're back down to 5-5, five and five, and we're not calling them, oh, such an amazing team. So they're good. They're definitely riding on something great right now, but they need to watch their backs. Number three, the Jets look abysmal and, like, Adam Gase abysmal. Like, not just, oh, this is getting me excited for next season. So, off after this offseason, of course, as a Jets fan, we have so much false hope, so much hype that comes from players that end up getting injured, things like that. It's so disappointing, obviously, to say it and to really hear it come out of my mouth, but it really is the truth. And especially after that horrific loss, it was one of the worst games that I've seen as a Jets fan in so long. We didn't have many positives. We could not guard a running back to save our lives, whether it was in the running game or and running back passes. For some reason, Jets are so bad on offense at throwing running back passes, and we're also so bad on defense at covering them. Like, it seems like the offense really knows that they exist, but the defense just doesn't. It's such a lopsided thing where I don't really know, especially now Zach Wilson looks like he's out for two to four weeks. In my personal opinion, I think that at this point with only one win and Carl Lawson, our big guy from La- our big offseason signing, being out all year, Mackay Becton being on and off, Marcus May, a guy that we're looking to shop, is on and off. I'm just, in my opinion, I'd say wrap this season in a bow. I And I know that we always do it. It's so upsetting to hear as a Jets fan that we need to do this at midseason again for God knows how many year in a row. But the young guys look pretty solid, and let's keep it that way. We just keep running at the young guys. Mike White, I think, could be the starter for the rest of the season. I would not be too upset, and we lose out, get another good draft pick. The Seahawks pick looks better as the days go on. And again, even though it sucks, just start looking for next season. Number four, it's crazy to say out loud, but Tom Brady, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the NFL at the age of 44. He is so good. His ability to sp- I think that my favorite ability of Tom Brady's is that he is able to spread the ball so efficiently to all of his wide receivers. I think that that really is one of the big things that solidifies a good quarterback is one who's able to utilize all of their targets and not just go straight to the stars. But the guys who are able to make great reads, he knows how to get the ball to everybody. Every single week, it really seems like a new guy who's having their breakout for the Buccaneers. This week, they had so many receivers out and Mike Evans ended up having a hat trick three touchdowns for Mike Evans and Tom Brady just looks like he consistently knows how to get it done and I hate to say it but it looks like he'll stay in the NFL for another three four five years maybe even longer I would love to see him play till he's 50 obviously just for the record books and to see how crazy that would be he's basically got every record at this point just because of the longevity of his career and he is solidifying his goat case so hard that I think that it might be tough for somebody in the next 50 to 100 years to even come close to Tom Brady's resume of being the greatest quarterback to ever play and that is probably also the hardest position in all of sports to play so to be the goat by that much in the hardest position is just so telling and so showing of how incredible Tom Brady really is. And last but not least, I think that the Chiefs need to use this chip on their shoulder that they have, where everybody is calling them a bad team, because in the heart of all hearts, I know that they are not. I know that 
Patrick Mahomes. I know what he has capable, and I think that it would be so pivotal to his storyline if he were to take all of this negativity that the Chiefs have around them, that he has around him, that Andy Reid has around him, and use that firepower to go on an incredible run for the rest of the season and solidify themselves in the playoffs. It now seems probable that they are not going to win their division and that the Chargers will probably get it, but I think that they still have a much better chance to go far than the Raiders do, especially if in the playoffs. No one wants to go against Patrick Mahomes, especially as the worst seed, and I think that this is his time that he needs to show true greatness, that he needs to bounce back from the adversity that he's already shown and have an incredible rest of the season because his passing numbers really aren't that bad. The touchdown numbers aren't that bad. The yards aren't that bad. The QBR isn't that bad. It's the interception numbers where almost half of them have came off of other things that happened, either a receiver drop or he was getting mid-sack and he probably should have just held on to it or threw the ball away or something like that. So I think overall, Patrick Mahomes isn't looking horrible. It's really the defense is looking horrible. And Patrick Mahomes needs to elevate back up to what he was last season, where he's able to do these miraculous throws and bring the Chiefs back from the depths of where they are currently. Uh, so now I'm going to go into next week predictions. A player to start this week is definitely Justin Jefferson against Dallas. Dallas with a very bad defense. I think it's going to be a shootout. It is going to be a very, very high-scoring game in Dallas versus Minnesota. A player to sit this week is Aaron Jones versus Arizona. I just think that that's also going to be a very pass-heavy game. A.J. Dillon's been incorporated more into the rushing game. Cardinals have a very solid run defense with Marcus Golden, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. Marcus Golden, I actually haven't mentioned him yet on the podcast, but he's having a very underrated season. He's gotten a ton of sacks, ton of forced fumbles, and has looked very, very solid for that Arizona Cardinals defense. So I think that that's just a bad start. It's got weirdness written all over it. I think that that's a very hit or miss game. There's a chance that he does have like 18, 17 points on one or two big touchdowns, but I don't think that they're running the ball a ton that game at all. So I would sit him if I were you. Group that will disappoint is the underbetters for Dallas versus Minnesota. I'm not even sure what the line is for that game, but I think it's going to be probably the highest scoring game of the season, I would have to argue, just because both defenses are so atrocious and both passing games are top five with top five running games to go along with it. So I think that that's just going to be shot, 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 touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. So high scoring, re-solidify, or not re-solidifying, but keeping Dak into that MVP conversation with how many yards he's likely going to throw against a pretty bad Minnesota defense. Really excited for that. And the group that will shine is I honestly think that the Lions offense will shine against the Eagles. I can't guarantee that they're going to get a win. I still think that the Eagles are a better roster on paper, but the Eagles defense is not good. And DeAndre Swift, after coming off of the amazing games that he's had recently, uh, with Jared Goff being a more than capable. I'm not going to say good because he's not good. He's bad, but he's definitely looked capable in that quarterback position. And I think it's one of the best defeated teams in NFL history. They look very put together, especially for a team that has as many losses as they do, which is all of them. So I'm very excited to see what the Lions are able to do this week against the Eagles. And now I'm going to end it off with my three locks of the week, like I do every single week. I've got three very handed ones, ones that I'm pretty confident in. The Rams over the Texans is going to be a schlopping. Bills over the Dolphins, schlopping. And Bengals over the Jets, schlopping. All three are going to be huge wins. Just want to also mention that I am now 18-3 and on my locks of the week. So if you were to be throwing money on these, I think that you would get a couple dollars. That's all I'm going to say. 
think you would be getting a couple dollars. Okay. That is all I actually have for today. I have to run to class, but thank you guys so much for listening. I know that this week was definitely a much shorter episode than you are used to, but I needed to get this one out quick. I think that I might honestly come out with another episode this week just to counteract everything, how short this episode is and the fact that I was off schedule. I've been very, very busy this week. This weekend's actually Halloween, so make sure that you guys have a fantastic Halloween. Go party your little butts off, and you listen to Sauce Lab Podcast while you're doing it. I hope that you guys have a great week, great weekend, and peace.